Welcome to Love and Then What, Love and Then What, with your hosts, Rob Barnaby and Justin Judge. Rob Barnaby and Justin Judge. This will be changed. Yes. We, this we, will we, be changed. Yes, we've been trying to change it for we've a little bit now, so I knew you need to go ahead and turn your head around. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, you know, listen. <laughs> so, welcome to Love and Then What. I'm your host, Justin Judge. My co-host is Tremaine Ferguson. That intro is going to be changed by time you hear this so you probably won't understand what we're talking about yeah, exactly and we are joined today by pastor norman brown listen everybody um i'm going to introduce myself for a reason um i was going through the whole court system if you remember from the first segment with the whole child support thing but um i was brought to a program to um to get myself a job and that's all it was really for then i met this man norm right here and he did more than just get me a job like he actually was like a big father figure that was teaching me step by step uh, what I need to do and keep my head right even though I was doing something stupid he would let me know I'm doing something stupid so this is very very special that he's out out here with me to discuss the old schoolness of love because I feel like also he helped me in my love life you feel me so from him helping me in my love life and he did it old school way so then let y'all know old school still works so Norm, um, can you please let everybody know, let, them, let them know a little bit about you? What's going on? I'm glad to be here with you guys. Uh, Norman Brown, I am a pastor in the local Delaware County area, Pastor Changing Lives Ministries. Also, I am the Community Outreach and Engagement Specialist with EDSI Educational Data Systems Incorporated, which is Workforce Development Program, where we assist individuals who are receiving cash, who are primarily my neck of the woods with that, is dealing with individuals who have been in uh, position for domestic relations, court for child support issues, things of that nature, as well as ex-offenders. So I help those individuals get back into a place of self-sufficiency. And a lot of times that involves more than just uh, helping them get a job. That involves being a part of someone's life who you may not know, may not be accustomed to, but being that support system to help someone get back on their feet. So for... I'm just want to get in the topic real quick because I need to know this because I was thinking in my head. Um, from me knowing you for so long and what type of person you are, why aren't you married? Why am I not married? Choice. <laughs> Choice. I am one of those people who, if I can avoid conflict, I will. And growing up, uh, I'm a lot of years older than both of you gentlemen, of course, <laughs> but um, seeing different things in family situations and just with friends and as I've traveled with people with issues as far as relationships are concerned and the dynamics of the family, a lot of people don't hold family values too close anymore. And then when you hold family values close, you know what you want, you know what you like, you know what you're not cut out for. Okay. And at times, being who I am, I am not cut out for that coming home to somebody every day the mundane routine of quote unquote marriage. I love people, been in several relationships, and you've got to know what you're cut out for, what you're not. Me, just ain't for it. I like that. So, are you saying that you don't believe in love or the idea of love anymore as it used to mean back, maybe back in your day? Maybe love has changed from what it once was to what it is now, the family dynamic and the thought process of relationships? I don't think it is a bad thing. I do think, of course, in the 21st century, love has become a little distorted. 
Because what happens is a lot of people get into relationships for the wrong reason. And it's bad to settle into a relationship just because you're lonely and or you can't control your flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with a lot of people. A lot of people are in like and they're in lust, but they're not in love. Because real love is very difficult. Let me say this. You cannot be in love with someone and you don't love yourself. And loving yourself means you love your flaws and everything. Okay. And not only that, but you love yourself enough to want to change you before you bring anybody else into your environment. I like that. And sometimes what happened is we have had issues coming up and different people have been through so many different uh, variations of uh, abuse, mental, physical, emotional, all of those things, which has affected a lot of people in that place called love. Things have happened in their childhood. And thank God I was not one of those people uh, in their childhood and growing up and with relationships. So once someone becomes damaged, sometimes people are just like that paper cup that we have. It looks good and you don't realize there's a hole in it until you pour liquid in it. Mm-hmm. And then you see the leak. So therefore, that cup is no good. Sometimes people have felt so damaged and abused because they love the wrong person. And then once they get abused and once they feel like that person used them, mistreated them, or whatever the case is, they don't want to be in another relationship because they are taking another chance at being hurt again. Mm-hmm. I was the same way when I went through my divorce. I was really, I want to say destructive of myself. I was drinking every day. Explain a little bit to him because you don't know about that whole situation. So I did explain a little bit while you, okay, while okay. we were waiting for you, but okay. I went through a divorce that I, that nobody saw coming. Uh, my ex was cheating on me and just left me. She went, didn't really give a reason at the time, but mm-hmm. in hindsight, it's obvious she was cheating. Um, and that really destroyed me because a lot of people will put all they are into one thing. For instance, you're a pastor, you put, you put that's who you are. When you introduce mm-hmm. yourself, you're going to say, "I'm Pastor Norman." I would introduce myself, "Hey, I'm a husband." Like that was that was the proudest I ever was myself of myself. I was like, I can't believe I was able to obtain this level of stature, even if it's just an enigma. Mm-hmm. Like I can't believe I was able to get married. I can't believe somebody would ever say I, yes I, to I me. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even love myself, let alone let somebody else love me. So it's hard to accept mm-hmm. that kind of love. Mm-hmm. And then after that, when that ended, I was in a dark place. I thought about killing myself almost every second of every day. I went down the route of drinking nonstop. I cried nonstop. I went from not, not real relationships, just sexual partner. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say there was a lot of them, but there were multiple sexual partners. Luckily I was able to find my girlfriend now, Ashley, and she's Tremaine's better. Me and her. I mean, I've never met somebody that I got along with on a personal, like on an in-depth level of being able to like, have a conversation with like she is into the same exact things I'm into. I'm like, I can't believe wow. she knows about this song from like 1992 that nobody's ever heard besides like me and my three friends. It's just, there's something that clicked almost immediately. She came over one time. I was like, after we went out the one time I was like, I want to see her all the time every day. Mm-hmm. She's basically lives with me since then. And because of coronavirus, she's a nurse. So she would work night shift. She would come over and just basically sleep on my couch while I worked at home. I, I was lucky enough fortunate enough to have a job where I can do from home. Right. And just been thick as these ever since (laughs) she's normally here, but she's working today. So my phone's actually vibrating right now. So I'm sure that's her calling. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, that's, that was how I dealt with the, the loss of love. And now the new love that was reborn. Do you think that because when I fell out of love, there was a lot of things that I did to fill that hole. I put alcohol in there, different women. Do you feel like maybe God or Jesus is something that helps 
you fill that hole that you would normally, if not normally, that other people have in relationships. He totally has helped me fill that void because of my assignment. Mm -hmm. And one thing, as you were talking about your situation of divorce and what you fell into, is something actually that I've been talking about as far as the church is concerned for the past few weeks, dealing with this mind of mine. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is when we're hurt, when we fall into that place, and when we fall out of love or we've been hurt because of love, then we get into our minds and then things begin to twirl around in our minds. And then mm-hmm. we fall into drinking, fall into depression, fall into sex because our, our flesh is wanting something that we've had before. And we're trying to fill that void while trying to fill that void. We're not taking time to really get healed of that hurt place in us, which is our heart. Right. So what we try to do is we suppress that and then we put stuff on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's like a house that's built on an unstable foundation. Right. It looks nice to the naked eye, but sooner or later, it's going to start to have some problems. It's going to have some leaks and it may collapse because what's under it is not as stable as we see the structure as. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, and, and I'm not sure how well your viewers know a lot of things as far as uh, the religious aspect, as far as Christianity and Pentecostalism, which I was born and raised in, as far as when you're in certain offices and certain places of uh, ministry and pastorship and prophet and bishops and things like that. There are some of us that are called to walk alone. Mm-hmm. And when you're in ministry and you're called to quote unquote walk alone, that is because you basically sold out to do the assignment of our father, which is mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore it's very difficult to travel, to have an extensive schedule as far as ministry to be dedicated hundred percent to him when you're trying to be married and raise a family. That's right. Because the Bible lets us know that if you're going to be married, then your first priority is your family mm-hmm. and home. If you're not married, Paul said, if you're not married, then your priority is the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's why you find, even in Catholicism, a lot of the priests and things like that, they are not married because basically they're married to the church. That was their assignment. When you get into a situation such as myself, my assignment is that I'm doing what he called me to do. Mm-hmm. So therefore, at times, if we get caught up in the wrong thing, it becomes a distraction. Mm-hmm. And then, therefore, we can't fulfill our obligations that we committed to him because now there's something else that's causing us to be distracted. And while it's not for everybody, because there are plenty of people that are married, have successful marriages, and that's great. There are several people that are single who have allotted this time to be dedicated to ministry and to the Father. And, therefore, their lives are a little different. Mm -hmm. It's not that their lives, well, let me say this for me. It's not that I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I love because of who he's called me to be and because of the office that I walk in. I'm a loner. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. But he has put other people in my lives to in my life rather that I can be a part of their lives. And I may not have given birth to them. I may not be married to them, but we're connected. Mm-hmm. I have children all over the place that don't have my same name. I have children that refer to me as dad because I've been an integral part of their life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you really love yourself, when you've really been through different issues to know who God is in your life and how he has loved you unconditionally, then you learn how to love people unconditionally, which is why I have the relationship and the connection that I do with individuals such as uh, Tremaine and such as several other guys in my program. Mm -hmm. And even some females that walk around everywhere. I go, Hey, Miss Norm, what's going on? Thank you for helping me. Because guess what? There's still a sense of purpose in every one of us, Mm -hmm. whether anybody is in our lives to love us like we love them. Now, have you always been on this road alone? I'm thinking of you at my age in no. the 80s, no. 70s, 80s. No. When were you in the dating scene? No. Oh when God. would you say you were around me and Tremaine's <sighs> Young Buck stage? Well, of course, I graduated high school in 86. Okay, so. I wasn't even born. Right. 
The late 80s is like your prime Late time. 80s, 90s, and, and really, honestly, probably up in the early 2000s. Because, again, because of who I knew I was called to be, when you know your assignment, you know your purpose, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you always want to do it. Yeah. So there's going to be some resistance. There's going to be some fight. So there was in me because I want to live a normal life and dating and doing what I want to do, sex, the clubs, and all that stuff. I've done that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, but I did not get caught up in it to an extent where I wasn't able to come back and handle what I was supposed to handle. So I, I've done all of that stuff. But even still, even back then, as far as me, I have little cousins and gossips and godbrothers. So even back then, I knew I am not having no kids. Because for me, and it may sound stupid to people, mm-hmm. I don't like Fruit Loops in my car seat. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody spilling orange juice and milk in my car. A question. Do you, do you, I'm, I'm not in my damn business, but you... Grew up with your mom and dad. Yes. So you saw a marriage. Also. So you went yes. through a marriage and everything like that, and you still didn't want that type of happiness. I it, saw it my was. parents who were both in the household, and my parents got divorced. That's what I just okay. How how old were you when that happened? Actually, my parents got divorced when I was in college, around about I graduated eighty six. So this was maybe about eighty nine. How was that That's as a college student? Honestly, it wasn't as traumatic as it probably could have been. And the reason I say that is because even though my parents were having some irreconcilable differences, Mm -hmm. they were not beating each other up. They were not cursing each other out. Mm -hmm. They were not slashing tires. You know what I'm saying? Um, Thank God my family may be kind of different. Um, Mm -hmm. we, We didn't have and we don't have smokers and drinkers and we don't have those type of fighters and gangster people, so to speak, for lack of a better word. So my parents were both in the church at that time, and they just decided we need to part ways because things aren't going right. You know, it wasn't as if anybody stepped off and cheated, nothing exactly. like that. But they decided to part ways. Even when they parted ways, they each had to go through their little cool down season. Mm-hmm. But my father and mother remained friends. That's what's up. My That's father real remarried. That's real love. My mother, my father, and my stepmother could still be in the same room together yes, in a whole conversation. Yep. Mm-hmm. I literally buried my dad two years ago in April. He died April 11, 2018. Mm-hmm. The only reason my mother was not there is because my mom is dealing with dementia. Okay. <sighs> Outside of that, my mother would have been right there. Exactly. You know, we tried to explain to her what was going on, and she said, yeah, but it didn't click. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, Up until before my dad died, he would still call my mom or sometime come by the house to check on her. His wife had no problem with that. Because she knew the dynamics of our entire family relationship. Exactly. So I do believe some of those moments probably kept me from like, no, if I got to go through this, I'll just stay by myself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, not that they were fighting anything like that, but just being in a household where it's an unsettled environment at times. Now, do you see that same thing happening? As a pastor, I'm sure you see a lot of people that come and talk to you about relationships at home. Specifically children. Do you have a lot of children? In- I don't have a lot of children. Most of them are older now. So I don't have that. But I have a lot of people who have been divorced, mm-hmm. um, who have been widowed, some of them. And they don't choose to get married again. They don't choose to get back in that situation again. Even as far as my mom is concerned, I would tell her, go get a friend. Go get somebody to hang out with. And she did. But nobody that she wanted to, quote, unquote, marry. Exactly. Because at that time... They wanted to be controlling, so to speak. And, well, you're not going to be able to go to church like you've been going, and you're not going to do it. And mom was like, you're not going to control me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do, so we can be friends if you want to. But other than that, 
I'll stay by myself. Mm -hmm. And she did that and maintained very well. It wasn't an issue. But for some people, once you've been married and then divorced, you're used to being married, so it's very difficult to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. I know several friends of mine, female friends, in the last three years, three of them lost their husbands. And these are people my age and maybe a tad older because they were used to being married. One friend of mine, she just got engaged again, and her and her husband were together since they were 16 years old. She's in her late 50s, and he died. So I can't even, and we've talked and we've hung out. I can't even imagine the pain that's there. Not that right. When you've been with somebody all those years, and now they're gone. Yeah. It's not that you can't love again because you can love again. It's just a matter of finding the right person who will appreciate what you have to offer. It's also about, I mean, everyone has baggage. It's about finding somebody who can help you pick up the bags and move on and understand that those bags will be there. But they're going to get lighter throughout the throughout your walk. You're going to have two people that are going to, you know, that other person is going to help you carry those bags. And, you know, you're going to get used to the baggage and it's going to get lighter and lighter and lighter. And hopefully you can move on. I'm lucky enough. Mm-hmm. I'm moving on. Um, but so earlier you also said that a lot of people are in like, and there's lust, and there's not. A, they don't know what love is really. Did you ever? Were you ever in like, or were you actually ever in love? I've been in love. Mm-hmm. I've been in like, and I've been in lust mode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bottom line. You know, sometimes sex to me was like a shower. Mm-hmm. I did it when I needed to do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was it. Sometime I liked somebody enough to go out and hang out, but that wasn't a relationship type of person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you grow older, you determine where people fit in your life. Mm-hmm. I've also been in love. I have not been in love to the point where I wanted to marry because that was a whole roadblock in my brain. Now, did you end that relationship that you were in love with the person or the other person? They ended because you wasn't not because I wasn't wanting to get married because they were going through some other issues in their life. Okay. And at times, sometimes what happens with people when they're in love, they're in love, but they have an issue with being transparent. Mm-hmm. So in that place of transparency, she was honest and she needed to step off a minute to deal with some other personal issues. And what we cannot do. And I learned this, we cannot make people stick around for you to help them through their situation. Okay. Because of what people are taught and how they were raised. Everybody wants to be independent and handle their own things. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to bring you into their situation. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can be with them, but you still don't know everything about them. Mm-hmm. That's where la- that love piece comes in. Because guess what? You have to be able to be transparent. And it's not a thing of, I'm going to work on this and you work on that. Let's work on it together. Right. My question with that is that, so from her not wanting you to... She wanted to like back off, whatever. Why did you accept it? Why didn't you show her the fight that you want to help her? You want to be there for her if you was in love? Because of the same place I'm in now in my life, you can't make grown people do anything. All you can do is offer. You can show them and you can be there. Her and I are still great friends. She lives in New York. We still talk on a regular basis. That's what's up. Her son calls me his pop just playing with me. You know what I'm saying? Because he has another father. But at the end of the day, Everybody who wants something doesn't always get what they want. And then at times we have to realize this is where we are now. This is where we're trying to get to. But there's a whole lot that transpires in that middle space. Mm -hmm. And when people love you, sometimes people love you because they love what they see about you. Mm -hmm. But when you really take time to sit at the table and pour it all out, 
can they still love you knowing all of your issues and idiosyncrasies? Mm-hmm. That's where sometimes the struggle comes in us as human beings. We love people up to a certain point. Now you spoke about idiosyncrasies. What's the weirdest or craziest woman that you've ever dated? Idiosyncrasy. <laughs> I messed that word with five times. I'm not going to try it. Idiosyncrasy. Another word. You know, uh, I, I probably say the craziest one was someone that I met and was dating, and she was still married. Now, did you know it at the time when you were dating her? I did not. And how did you find out? Through our conversation. Well, what would I explain? Because I'm a very awkward individual when it comes to certain things. Mm-hmm. And coming up, if you were just going to be somebody that I had sex with, then you're going to be somebody I had sex with. Boom, that was it. You were standing in that sex category. Mm-hmm. If you were somebody that I was interested in, I don't want to have sex with you. I want to get in your head. Mm-hmm. I want to see what makes you tick. I want to see what makes you mad, how you treat people, what happened in your past relationships. I want to know who you are before I get myself into that situation. It's almost like you go get a car. You want to drive it and see how it works. You mm-hmm. want to see how it feels. And that's what I did. So in our conversations, she opened up and she was honest, you know, after probably we had talked on the phone several times, but after probably about a couple of times going out to dinner, she finally opened up. They were separated, but mm-hmm. they were still married. Now, okay. Were you, were you okay. lustful with this woman? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Do you feel like it's wrong for somebody to be separated, but still not divorced or nothing, just separated? In my situation, I was not, quote, unquote, bothered by it. The only thing I had an issue with is it didn't come out at the very beginning. Now, does it it matter if she is separated? It does, but it didn't to me, and I'm going to tell you why. You say it didn't to you. It didn't matter to me at that moment. So why would it matter if she told you at the beginning? Because if she had told me in the beginning, then I would have been more hesitant. Not to say I wouldn't have talked to her. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. But the only reason it didn't make a difference, even when she told me, is because we had not engaged in sex. Gotcha. It seems like gotcha. she was covering something up. Right. Okay. And I think right. that's gotcha. the worst kind of right. cheating. If they were together, I'm going with something that's not even part of the story. If they were together and she was out seeing other guys, not even having sex, the worst part is the emotional cheating. That's by far the worst mm-hmm. you can, worst thing you can do to another person. It's the worst, and I understood where she was coming from. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, they had become disconnected. Mm-hmm. They were not seeing each other. They were living in totally separate places. They just had not gone through the process of the divorce to say that it's final. They were just separated, and they were like, you do what you want to do, you do what you want to do type of thing. Mm-hmm. But you're still in the mindset of almost I'm single because I'm meeting people going out. But I can't say whether she was having sex with anybody else or whatever the case is. Exactly. While just, we were talking and dating, we weren't having sex. That's just a crazy situation. I think we should get into the Bitches Be Crazy clip of the week. <laughs> I believe it's the first video. What's, what's that one say? This one? Yep, that one. The full screen? You got to play the audio. Remember the... Oh, it says. No, you got to play the song. Oh, my f- one eaten. Jesus. There you go. Nope, wrong. There you go. Oh, my Got your back. Oh, that's why. Bitches be crazy. Bitches, bitches, bitches be crazy. Crazy. Bitches be crazy. Bitches, bitches.
She can fight. And who do you believe? Do you believe it's a friend or do you believe? I believe it was a friend. You believe and, You believe and, him? Well, I believe him. I'm going to tell you why. Only a stupid man will sit there in another female's face and be talking to Snapchatting or anything like that with another female that you're interested in like that. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought. You know what I'm saying? Don't set yourself up like that. However, I would have totally caught a case that day. Why is that? What would you have Certain done? things you don't do. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're not going to snatch my phone. Bam, that's the number one thing. Down across, because number one, forget the fact that we're here in public. That's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to just throw my phone down, and then you're going to act. <laughs> See, Start I'm on board for having access to someone in your in a serious relationship's phone. The reason I'm, I'm going to say no, the only reason I'm going to say no, I'm going to no, have what? to disagree with that just because what I if you need to be in somebody else's phone, you don't need to be with them. Well, it's not on a, if you need to be in their phone. And I'm with him at this point because guess what? If we're together and we love each other and we put everything on the table, guess what? I can lay my phone down on the table and go Agreed. get a shower. Agreed. And I'm, I'm, it's not password. Exactly. And if it rings, guess what? If you recognize a number on there, pick it up. Up, you can pick it up. Exactly. If you don't recognize a number, you can let it go. Whatever the case Agreed. is. Because guess what? At this point, I've laid everything out on the table. I have nothing to hide. Yes, but if she needs to pick it up right. and go through your phone, then there's oh. no reason for y'all to be together. And again, if there are insecurity issues, there's a reason for the insecurities. Agreed. Now, sometimes that came from that hurt place of the past relationship. I fully agree. But that could have been something that happened to her, to them prior. He that could have done this before. Before. And right, and that's what I was getting addressed. We see that little snippet. Mm-hmm. We don't know the before. Yeah. From her energy, it looks like a, I can tell her, all of her energy that he she knew he messed cheated up. before or something and like he that. He just, he didn't even get like, no, what are you talking about? That's, you right. know, he just said that's a friend. When he, when he got mad that she snatched his phone, you can tell when somebody's mad when you're just taking his phone off of disrespect. Mm-hmm. He did it mad because he knew something was. Yeah. Right. Was on his phone that he probably didn't do nothing yet. But right. she saw a Snapchat. Snapchat always disappears. So now she saw him hitting people Snapchat up probably or whatever. Is the devil. And, and then that's probably the game, what it was. We have to learn how to err on the side of caution. First of all, if you had the issue with her before or if she has suspicions before or whatever, when you're there, don't even pull your phone out. I fully agree. <laughs> or have it still in the car. There's have no it reason in the for that. Agree. I fully have agree. it on silent. So guess what? Sit there and chill with her. her. Get your, your mocha lot or whatever you're drinking. Exactly. And then go home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Look at what you want to. Exactly. But then you 
you're creating a situation that does not have to be. Mm-hmm. However, but as an adult, she should have control fully. of herself. Yes. Because guess yes. what? If you feel like, if this has happened before, and you feel like he's doing the same thing again, yo, I'm out. Get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say, that's what I would have done. He wasn't leaving when she was just walking out. I would have walked off already from her acting like a fool. When she threw the phone, that would have been, I, I would have gotten my phone it. and left. Yes. Because again, that was, she was pushing buttons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody is not going to let you push their button and they not respond. I'd be in jail. That's what I would call the case. I'd be in jail. And then you going to swing on me? Yep, that's why I'd be in jail right there. She can fight. You see that? Oh, she's a brawler, but she ain't <laughs> fighting me. That's what I'm telling you. She can fight them girls, but she, do not. She'd have some latte upside her head. Yeah, exactly. I would not have been happy. You know, that, that's not cool. And see, the sad thing is, again, had the cop showed up on the scene, she would have been taken in because she threw the first hit. Mm-hmm. She started that. They probably got him, too, for hitting her. But again, we have to be mindful that in love, love is not abusive. Mm-hmm. So how have you seen dating or relationships change? Because we've talked about this a little bit. Now, that was with Snapchat and technology. We talked about your parents' divorce, and we talked about dating a little bit back in the day. How have you seen marriage specifically or love change from the 80s and 90s to today? Two words, social media. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main reason my relationship ended. Because what's happening now is what our flesh craves is too readily available. Mm-hmm. Let's just look at it realistically. There was a day, for those who are into weed smoking and all that stuff, there was a day there were certain people, certain areas you could go to to get your supply. Mm-hmm. Now, what's readily available is all over. I agree. For those that crave that and have that issue. Mm-hmm. drinking look at what's happening now 2020 we could go into walmart we go into shop right and buy alcoholic mm-hmm. beverages there was a time that was not available it's funny because i was just thinking i want a beer <laughs> i'm oh, sorry it's, it's a whole box of them in oh yeah i just, I just bought a, got the yeah, what a whole case. well which beers um hold on let me get it real quick hold <laughs> on. would you want one <laughs> And, and, and Pastor does not drink, by the way. Pastor does not drink. He, he knows. He's just, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, what we want is so readily available. Right. Look at look at fast food places. They're everywhere. So it makes it hard for people to practice healthy living and healthy eating. Mm-hmm. Same thing with dating. We have so many apps for dating. Right. You may not even have internet, but you could pick up the phone and dial the party lines. Mm-hmm. You can get whatever you want without leaving your house. So then, how do I get into a relationship with somebody that I met on Snapchat? How do I get into a relationship and really love somebody that I met on a party line? How do I how do I get into a relationship with somebody I met at some sex party I went to? Right. I just got. I just want to say something real fast. Those beers were shaking up because I just got beer all over my legs. So I would open that on the table. Um, so we spoke about Snap. Oh wait, why did you choose Miller High Life? Because um. Is, is describing you, and the reason is because he was show he basically showed me the how life how high life can be basically to me. Like for he saw how down I was, and I'm he talking about up. I broke down so many times that he was there to support me and make me feel better and make me understand. And the way I see life today compared to what I did before is so much higher and so much more. It's, it's actually something to live for compared to what I used to do. And that's the reason I got High Life because... Miller High Life should be a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so getting back into the Snapchat thing. So that was something that was a big 
sticking point in my relationship. We had had multiple problems with Snapchat, and she would turn it off. She's like, oh, I don't even need it anymore. I'll just stop using it. And then like eight months would go by, and then it would be back on, and she wouldn't even tell me she had it again. My sister would be like, she just added me on Snapchat again. I'm like, how stupid can you be? <laughs> and my sister or my friends that are girls, they're going to let me know because they knew it was a problem. It was always a problem with her. She couldn't just – she always ha- she has to have that immediate attention all the time. Now, she had a rough childhood. She was adopted from Russia. I know you have adopted children. And I hope mm-hmm. nothing bad happened to them, but I wish at this point in my life that she had the worst childhood ever, and I'm glad she did. It feels so good. I know it's not very Christ-like of me or anything like that, but I, I despise this woman on a cellular level. So, but I did speak a little bit about you did adopt – Two children, correct? Mm-hmm. And how old are they? Both of them in their late thirties now. And how did you come to find them? In church. In church, actually, I was in North Philadelphia, and I was running a revival at this church, Jones Temple Church, God in Christ, um, right off of Fourteenth and Parish. And I've been at this church now for several weeks, um, and we were doing every Friday series now. And I was there on Friday night, and one of the young men, um, Tony, came up to me first. And he said, he talked to me. He said, Pastor Sonso, I want you to be my dad. I'm like, well, it goes away anybody being your dad. Leave me alone. How old, is, how old was he? At that time? time, he was 15. Okay. He was 15 at that time. And he was alone in the church? Well, he wasn't alone. His mom and them were there. His family was there. But he did not know, Tony did not know his dad at all. Mm-hmm. Never had a positive male role model in his life and at that time he did not get along with his stepdad at all that's something that's so common though not having a relationship with your father now or not a relationship with another party or your mother a lot of children are going through that right now where they don't have a relationship with one position you know whether it's the matriarch or the patriarch of the family so they do look elsewhere luckily they found you other people don't find someone so you know high <laughs> <laughs> someone that can bring him up so high but and, and they, they, he came and talked to me and he was serious and i said where's your mom at and mm-hmm. he said she over there so he went and got his mom and i talked to her and she said you could take him I'm like take she said, yeah she said he'd go with you my other son we called him son his name was Lyndon. his family was at the same church he was there him and tony were friends because he grew up in the same family church he said you're not taking him and not taking me I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not dealing with both of y'all. Yeah, yeah, you are. You can be <laughs> dad. You can be my dad too. Sonny knew his dad, but had been disconnected from his dad since the age of five years old. Okay. So from that day on, I took both of them. Are they living? Well, did they live with you when they were younger? Off and on. That's and when you up. say you adopted them, did you? Um, Everything was done. All the paperwork. And was their done? parents, they're mine. That's what's up. So did they sign like? I don't really understand how that's working. At that them point, the parents basically signed them over. Signed their rights. Was there right a story right. behind why they were so Easily. readily available? Well, because no, well, two different stories. Mm-hmm. One, of course, not knowing his father at all, mm-hmm. needing somebody positive, seeing me in church, not some person out on the street doing whatever, but somebody that they held in high regard Living and they the trusted to do the right thing, not just for their son, but even to respect their families. And at any time, I'd call both their moms. 
Exactly. Anytime I can just pop up, hey, what's going on today? If something happened, they call on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, the other one, Sonny, he had major anger issues. So his mom was like, Shh. and actually at that point, Sonny wasn't even living with his mom. Mm-hmm. He was living with another relative. And all both of them really wanted, even without going through, and this is something that I dealt with later on, but even without going through all of the papers and, and all that stuff, the main priority for both of them was just to have a positive male role model in their life who could help navigate them through life's maze. While living in the hood. While living in the hood. Because both of them were in Philadelphia. Yeah. Why, was there, um, why was it important to have the paperwork signed if they couldn't just... More that, was of, on their, that was on them. Okay. I didn't even care. Okay. I was going to say, couldn't they have just, you know, came over your house all the time? Well, one did, one did longer than the other, pretty and, much. And how, where are they, what are they doing in their lives now? Getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, both are working. Both are successful. Um, Sonny is in New Jersey, and he has been with UPS now 17, I want to say 16 or 17 years. Nice, nice. Um, he has a little boy who Alex is eight. Now, do you see, isn't, like, he wants to be in his child's life a lot now because he didn't have that? He always has Alex. I, I mean, that's the best kind of he overcorrection that people do. When they do a positive yeah. overcorrection. Yeah. He always has Alex. Always. Like, I've seen that a lot where people, you know, they didn't have a father figure in their life. So they're like, I'm always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Sonny's situation with the baby's mom was convoluted. So I had to help navigate him through that so that he didn't end up hating her because of things that she did. Mm. So now they still have a decent relationship. Of course, they're not together, but he's still able to do what he wants to do. And uh, Tony is doing well. He's in Philadelphia. I think Tony was around the time when he got in trouble with you and my yep. program. Yep. And one of my sons, he got into trouble. I, know, I was just about to say something up. about it. Yeah, he ended up in prison. And he did six years and like seven months um, for what they toned down to a manslaughter case. But he actually shot someone, got an altercation, shot the young man. And the young man died 30 minutes later because he was carrying a 22 at hollow point bullets in it. As a pastor, do you find that he can? I'm not sure. Remember, Mike said that. So we had a discussion with his friend Mike, who's also very religious, and we went into a discussion about who would get into. You have a choice. You're Saint Peter. You have a choice. Two people. One person can get into heaven. There's two people. There's Hitler. Killed 6.5 million Jews. Countless other people. Started a war. But at the end of his life, he, uh, what do you want to say? He uh, accepted Christ and he like uh, begged for forgiveness or however you would uh, categorize that. Another man, a gay man, did everything right his whole life. Only thing he did wrong was be gay. Who would you say would get into heaven? At the end of the day, what was the conversation like with the gay man at the end? We don't know. You know what I'm saying? We know that Hitler repented, according to your story. Yes. The Lord forgave him. Let's look at the two thieves that were hanging on the side of Jesus on the cross. One of them, oh, if you were Jesus, why would you still be hanging up here? You were Jesus, you get yourself down from this. We wouldn't be up here next to you. You get yourself down and get us down. The other one on the right side said, Lord, I just need you to remember me when you get over into paradise. Mm-hmm. I need you to remember me when you get in your kingdom. Automatically, one had favor, one didn't. Mm-hmm. What position do we put ourselves in to either have favor or not. Now, 
difficult thing is about that situation. He loves us all. Mm-hmm. We don't know how that gay man died and or what conversation he had just before he died. Because believe it or not, I can get shot in my face and I could have wreaked hell and havoc all my life. And I'm laying there waiting on the paramedics. And within a 10 minute time span of them to get there, I have a conversation with the Lord and I repent and apologize and ask for forgiveness and I could still make it into the kingdom. So with that logic, you're on the side of Hitler. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm on the side of right. Let but me again, again the gay the, man the gay never man, did anything wrong, but he didn't repent. And I don't believe that being gay is a sin, but some do. So what is, what is the difference on if it was a gay man or if it was an adulterer or if it was a fornicator all, or if all, it was a murderer? Well, we're just going with the black and white. The one guy is only gay and he I'm never making, repented. I'm making this conversation difficult, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you're, you're, very, you're, like, you're very political about this. You like it. <laughs> <laughs> if we would keep it black and white, I'll just go on the side of Hitler because he repented. I don't, know, was, if you, I don't know if you want to be on the record of that one, but okay. All right, so by that logic. I'm not a Hitler fan, but you know. It's because not all of his ideas were bad. It's because from you saying that the gay person is a good person, he never did bad. No, he did do bad because he was born a sinner. That's number one, that is saying you're born a sinner. I don't believe it. I got my own belief. But from them saying that you you were born a sinner, that's why he picked him Hitler, because he at least repented. That's the only thing, as far as I'm concerned, that gives him the edge up. The edge up, yeah. That's the only reason why. Because, again... Had we said that this gay man repented, then they neck and neck. You know, because the Bible says, for we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all done wrong because we were born into sin, shaped in iniquity. So when we came into existence, we came into a world of sin. We came in in sin. Okay. What we did later on either caused us to do right or do wrong. Now, Going back to Hitler, so the way he <laughs> the way he did die was he killed himself, right? But he repented before. But does that last thing he did I, to himself? You can't repent before you kill yourself and expect it to be okay. Okay, that's just like you robbing the bank and you tell him, "Listen, I apologize for robbing you all, but my family is in need and I got to take this money." You're still going to jail, right? <laughs> Period. Right. We thank you for being polite <laughs> in your robbing. We, we thank you for being polite in your stealing but at the end of the day that's not going to keep you from going to prison Mm -hmm. Hitler could have apologized for killing himself but the very act was still wrong so guess what you repented you apologized you killed yourself Mm -hmm. where you going hell okay so Hitler's still in hell so we can we can all agree there all right, thank you. I, I like that. I like anyone Hitler going. That, to that brought a different type of smile to his face. You see that? I just want to make sure that Hitler ends up in hell in this yeah, he's a, in any situation he's that he's should back be in hell. <laughs> so, um, so how is your son now? Who was charged with manslaughter? He's doing well. He's working, and well, right now he's not working. He was laid off at the beginning of the pandemic situation. But um, he he repented from. He repented, but the, the actuality of that situation is, and it's one thing that I pushed for him to go to counseling mm-hmm. because you were cool and then you made a wrong decision in a split second. Mm-hmm. Had you listened, you would not have been where you were because I told you not to go. Right. But you were there. Not only were you there, the second thing you did that I told you not to do is stop carrying your gun everywhere. 
because you he was licensed and it was legit. He was a security guard. You don't need this everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you allowed your mind to tell you to do this, and then you got into the altercation and all that happened. After the fact, yeah, he realized how wrong it was, but not even how wrong it was. He realized, I have to pay for this. Question. So, because the only thing I disagree with what you said was, you don't need it everywhere. The life he we live today, to you need it everywhere. Wait, this is today. I'm let's go about, back to let's go back talk, to 2010. We're also talking about Philadelphia. We're that never about, stopped. We're talking about Philadelphia. It never stopped. However, what you don't do is you don't put yourself in a predicament that can be avoided. You see what I'm saying? Where he was going out, you didn't need to take it there, but you were used to carrying it all the time which you did not need to because at the end of the day, if he had not have had it with him, he'd have never gotten in that situation. I believe in the saying, I'd rather be judged by 12 and then carried by six. He wouldn't have been dead. I'm just saying, I, you don't know. He wouldn't have been dead. I'm just saying where you had the situation. No, but I know the whole situation. And Anybody can say they know the situation, but you really truly don't know the situation unless you were there visually seeing everything. True. Only getting stories. True. Till then. But but at the end of the day, sometimes if you had just listened to your father, agreed, you wouldn't even you have been, been there. there. Agreed. I fully agree. I you fully one hundred percent agree with that. Part. And then the other thing, the other part of that story that, and I told him like this. I said, Tone, you were a size eleven and a half shoe. You had your boots on. Kick dude in his balls. <laughs> he was high on e pills and all that stuff. Put the gun in your hand and bust him in his jaw. No, I feel you. Now I feel what you're saying. But not only, and this is where I got on him after the fact. Not only were you carrying the 22, cool, but you had purchased hollow point bullets for the 22. That's when it's. Why? The only thing I could think then, of you trying Then to when I go to the house, because you're not going back home, you're there. When I go to the house, because he also had a 9mm, you have 9mm hollow point law enforcement issued bullets. Yep. <sighs> He's about to take a hit. Why? That's what I was just about to say. Like, he, like he had a mission or something. And, and he see, had to you did all of this stuff, and you want to protect yourself, which I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, circumstances could have been different. But what happens is we listen to that voice in our head. Our conscience. Now, could you give us a brief synopsis of kind of what happened that day? He went, it was on a Saturday night, and it was the Saturday night before Mother's Day. And that was in 2010, in mm-hmm. May. I want to say it was the 12th. And I was actually going to church in Philadelphia. He was supposed to be going with me. I called him twice. My phone calls were ignored. Mm-hmm. I know him. Okay, he's going out and do what he wants to do. So mm-hmm. he's going to ignore the phone, call his friends and call him, hang out, party, whatever the case is. That's what happened. Him and some friends were supposed to go to a party. The friends backed out. He still went. The friends were like, Tone, stay home. Don't go there because you know who may be there, yada, yada, yada. No, I'm, go, I'm good. I'm good. I got what I need on me, da, da, da. So th- did, the, did him and this person have conflicts before? Is that why this wasn't? They didn't have a conflict before, but they knew of each other. And was that the reason they said not to go to the party? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what do you mean by they knew of each other? They knew they had a common friend. Okay, gotcha. They had a common friend. But they didn't get along. They didn't get along. Okay. Right. They they never had an altercation or anything. They just needed ain't like each other. Right. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. So then you got people in an environment that are drinking, smoking, 
e-pills, whatever the case is. Y'all sitting around playing cards. Dude starts to go off and start to say stuff to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to sit there and you're going to continue to play cards while, according to what I got, a couple of the friends that were there took him outside to cool off. Mm-hmm. At that moment, you have a way of escape because you can leave. Mm-hmm. You didn't choose to leave. You stayed there. Later on, there's people are drinking and y'all getting high and all that stuff. There came a conversation. No one was in the Well, other people were in the room, but they were told to get out of the room by this individual who's now bigger than you, more built than my son, because my son's cool. Mm-hmm. So now y'all are in the room face-to-face to discuss whatever it is, and y'all start swinging. Well, he swung on my son. My son swung back on him. Mm-hmm. He hit my son again. My son falls back, and he's apparently near the window. So he almost goes out the window, but he didn't. So then my son says, you swing on me again, I'm going to shoot you. Now we have premeditated. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think you effing bad because you got a gun? You think you can do that? He swings. Sun shining. Now you just said premeditated. To me. Your because son had pre- this was premeditated? No, no, I'm saying in that conversation. When you say, if you swing on me again, I'm going to shoot you. So you're saying it was more self-protection, not premeditated, right? right. That's where the... It's, it, it was a self-defense thing, but the sad thing is, it's hard to prove and nobody else is there to say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So one thing led to another. 30 minutes later, dude is dead in the hospital. How many times did... I just one? Just one shot? One shot in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Went down. Tore up some arteries. Mm-hmm. Hollow point. One shot in the stomach and you're dead. Right I always thought it was weird how... We have these big bodies, and something this small can take us out. Mm-hmm. Because of what it does, what it yeah. hits. It's just a crazy thought. I'm going to bring it back. Did you want a beer? No, no, no. Did no, you no. want a water? No. 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 I'll bring it back. <laughs> oh, so how do you feel about this whole corona thing? It's craziness personified. Do you think it's getting brought up? Bigger than what it's supposed to, or like lies, making people scared for no reason. I think in the beginning, there was a major fear factor. I think it has calmed down now. I really think, feel, and believe if the person in the White House was not in there and there was somebody different, it would have been handled totally different. Uh, President Obama had talked about this coming down the pike, and it was ignored because of who said it. It's not even that we needed. Warning, I don't even need, I already know what you're talking about. Right. Coronavirus. It's not that we even needed warning. We we knew about this. Trump knew about it. The White House knew about it for months and months and mm-hmm. months. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. If they would have just shut everything down right now, you wouldn't have the problem we have now. There's well, also a mentality in America where you can't tell me what to do. So really especially in the South. Really into the whole rebel calls and everything. Just accept that sometimes you have to do stuff that makes you uncomfortable. We would all be happy right now. But now we're going to move into even more deaths and more trouble and more problems because of this. Because of us being in America, we have too many rights. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bad thing, but we take a lot of things for granted. Mm -hmm. Other countries totally shut down for Mm -hmm. a certain amount of time. And that was just what it was. And they're golden. Yeah, you know. But again, a country like this, how can you just tell people you can't come out? You exactly, can't. you can't. You can't. It's impossible. Yes, thank you. Because, <laughs> because we think of ourselves as free first, 
and then a neighbor second. If you would think of the neighbor first and the betterment of your neighbors, but the, you but put the, a mask on there, the, wouldn't be a problem. But the betterness of that neighbor, if he, they're so concerned, stay home and then let the other people live their life. We shouldn't have to stop our lives. It doesn't matter because say you want to go out and do what you want to do and you live with your father. No, I know what you're saying on that end, but I'm saying if you don't live with nobody and everything like that, then you should live your life how you should. If anybody else got a problem, stay in. You should live your life how you should, yes. But one thing that we all should have, and it's called common sense. You know, if I know that down the street the road is flooded, I'm a fool if I keep walking down that way. Exactly. Because I am bound to drown because of what's already there. Mm Mm-hmm. If I know that this coronavirus is going on and in the heightened sense of when it was really crazy, I'm going to go out to the store and get what I need and I'm coming back home. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out and hang on the beaches with 500 other people with no masks on. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out to the bowling alley or to the bar where there's 50 people just talking, having karaoke, like everything is well. At what point do we exhibit? We have some maturity about us. So many of these kids that went to Florida and other places and hung out at parties came back home being asymptomatic and didn't realize nothing was wrong until their grandmother or father or grandfather or somebody in the household got sick who was older with health conditions. Now they went to the hospital to get tested, finding out they carried this back home from Miami. Mm -hmm. So now they're feeling bad, but you didn't feel bad when you went on that plane and you did not use good common sense. Now, I feel like there's a lot of people who will use religion and saying that going to church is more important than coronavirus because it's a, it's fake news. And they're like, we should be able to go to church. We should be able to go praise God. You being a pastor, do you think? You don't need to be in a church to praise God. We're going to give him his pastor certification today. So no, that's, that's the definition of church. <laughs> they think they all need <laughs> to go congregate. Because people have this misconception. And, and it comes back to love and all that stuff and relationship. Because the relationship that I have with him, I can do what I need to do at home. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go to a building. If the fire destroys the building, the fire has destroyed the building. Exactly. The church. The church is it, in us. Yes, exactly. I just The I, people are the church. I've always got annoyed by the people people that have politicized religion, specifically Republicans will politicize religion and using it as a way to manipulate people. Holy I was going to say it's control mechanism. And mm-hmm. that's what it is, because at the end of the day, once again, I may not be able to use all my skills as a mechanic at home mm-hmm. because I can't bring no cars into my living room. Exactly. However, I can do ministry right from home. Mm-hmm. We have too many ways to do that now. Social media has given us a whole different platform to do what God has really called us to do. And there comes a certain time, and I was talking about this months ago, there comes a certain time where I feel like the Lord now wants to see What's really in you? What is your real purpose? Mm-hmm. Can you be effective without going to the church house? Because reality says, if you're not effective in your own house, you're not going to be effective in my house. Now, do you find this, under that logic, do you find this as a trial? Like, not a trial, uh, God trying to see what we would do in this situation? Not trying to challenge us, see challenge. what we would do to challenge us. But there's sometimes that he has to shake us up to get us back in track. Mm-hmm. It's just like your car that you drive. As well as your car is maintained and as expensive as it may be, at certain times of the seasons, the years, or whatever, your car needs to be realigned because your car has hit several potholes and several bumps in the road where it's not riding properly. Mm -hmm. And there are times when we as people, especially people of God, don't do things 
properly. So he has to get us back in right alignment. He has to bring us back into the real purpose for what we're doing and why we are where we are. I was, I was awake at like three o'clock, four o'clock this morning. And I saw something that was so incredibly ridiculous. I just want your input on this. And you know, it's Sunday, obviously. So you know what's on around this time. <clears throat> this man was on the phone. He's saying 120 callers is on the phone and he's preaching the word, et cetera, et cetera. And he's, telling these people and lying to these people, basically telling them that don't um, send in that $1,000 donation. For all 120 people, they want $1,000 from each one of them. Why are they putting religion in front of something when they're just trying to take, basically take people money and lying on the name of? For years gone by, people have been in the mindset to believe preachers and pastors. However, everybody that's in this thing called church and ministry, they don't have a concern for the people or for souls. It's what's called control. It's what's called what's called filthy lucre. It's what's called taking advantage, to put it lightly. You know what I'm saying? There are some people out here that have certain gifts that they operate in as far as ministry is concerned, and they'll get into the minds. It's nothing different than a palm reader, a soothsayer, my grandmother used to call them, when these people can sell enough, let me say it nicely, there are several people out here in this world that are so gullible. We can just put something out there mm-hmm. and folk are going to start sending in money. We've had Feed the Children for years for Africa. If you would like to send us money, please send us money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very poor. But people are gullible. You're not poor. Poor is a mindset. Yeah. Your money is not I would just like a lot more money. My, my mind needs there money. There you go. There you go. There you go. But people are so gullible, and because they latch on to hear from God, what is God saying? What is things? What are things going to be like for my life? And so they get wrapped up in that, and somebody can tell them anything and just say, send me an offering, and they send it. And there's nothing worse, and it's nothing different than people calling on the phones from all of these different phone numbers, scamming seniors out of money, yeah. scamming people out of money just for their benefit. And it's wrong. Do y'all, any days from you preaching, do you ever acknowledge that? Or do you ever see, do you know anybody that does that? I I see people every day doing that. And do you confront them? I see it, when I say I see it every day, I see that because of social media. Okay, okay. I see them on social media doing it. Not that I'm walking up seeing people. Yeah, that's right. But I see it on social media. And now it's even worse because of corona. Because what you have is, You have people, I work for a living. I thank God for working, job. However, I still travel as far as ministry is concerned. So if I'm traveling somewhere, they pay for my expenses. I get an honorarium or offering, whatever the case is. There are people who just do that full time. You know, we go back, and I don't know if you remember back in the day, the Reverend Ikes and all those type of people who were nationally evangelists, they were just traveling church to church. So what happens when you have people who this is their livelihood and this is where their money is made, they're just traveling back and forth from church to church. And now we have Corona. This is my interpretation. She came in and shut everything down. So what happens when you can't go out and do what you're used to doing to make your money? So now you're going to create another avenue called social media. So now you can go on Facebook Live, you can go on Zoom, you can go on whatever. And now you're appealing to the people to help you. It's nothing worse. But they didn't say help you. They're saying help God. Well, again, they're doing it in the name of church because that's who called them and that's who has them on this assignment. But 
where's the money going to? Yeah. Watch this. Because reality says, okay, if I have something I say is building a fund that's coming to my church, I have a church, I have a building, da, da, da. If I say I'm on here and I need 50 people to send me $1,000, that's coming to me. Exactly. I'm not even in church right now. Exactly. I'm not even having church. You know, which again, let's 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 look at it this way. Something happens, somebody's tragically killed, whatever the case is, this family doesn't have insurance, so now we see GoFundMe page. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of people that are giving because they feel something to want to help them. This is the same mindset that pastors and preachers are trying to get the people to get to. I'm gonna tell you this, I'm a man of God. You're gonna respect me as such, hopefully, and then you're gonna fall into my whimpering. That's what that's what they're doing. And, and, and this is a systematic approach to get money. It's a mind control. Exactly. Exactly what it is. It's a manipulation spirit. Some people recognize it and say, I ain't doing it. Some people recognize it and be like, oh, I'm going to help them out and give them some money. Some people are just fooled to it, like, oh, yeah, I'm sending the money. Send the money. Exactly. It's just like you loan your friend $1,000. They don't pay it back. Five months later, they come to you ask you for another $500. You give it to them. Who's a fool? You or them? <laughs> you are. <laughs> You know, so it's a very interesting life we live in. Mm-hmm. It's got to be difficult. I mean, I got lucky with dating. Now, I, I met my girlfriend in the beginning of coronavirus, literally the day they shut down Pennsylvania. Wow. Was the day after we met. Also the same day my puppy was born, which I brought up before. I just thought it was cool. I don't know. I, it had nothing to do with the story, but <laughs> me and my girlfriend hang out, hung out the same day our puppy was born. It was our first time uh, hanging out. Anyway, so of course I go on this. Oh, <laughs> so dating during Corona is tough. Going on dates you really can't do. Are, are your sons dating currently? Or are they in relationships? One, Tony, to my knowledge, is not. Sonny is. Have they? Sonny's been in. Well, he's been in this relationship for a minute, so it's not like they just started out. Mm. So he and Michelle have been together for a couple years. Okay, are they close in age? They're a year apart. Year apart. The reason I bring that up is. Wait, I'm sorry. Back up. I'm sorry. Are you talking about are my sons close in age or is Sonny and his girlfriend? Sonny and his girlfriend. girlfriend. No. What is the. There <laughs> is. Don't laugh at me, Tremaine. Sorry. I'm trying to think. Oh, I know my whole face. I'm hoping this yep, changed completely. <laughs> um, that's like, wait a minute. He's not talking about. The, I think there's like a eight year age difference. Who's older? Because she's older. This plays perfect into the romantic fall of the week, and you're going to know why in a second, and I'm so excited because this is a perfect segue, and I got too excited about the segue. Be careful, be careful where you go because I tore her twice. Leave him alone and keep moving. Let's get to, <laughs> let's get to romantic fall, bro. I got you. I'm so I love dating grandmas. I met this lady online named Karen. I saw her pictures. I thought she was absolutely gorgeous. And I am so looking forward to meeting her tonight. Karen, you made it. So good to finally meet you. It's a little bit nerve-wracking because, well, he is so much younger than I am. 
I've got butterflies in my tummy. That hasn't happened in so long. Such a gent. Thank you very much. So Karen showed up for dinner tonight. She looks sexy as hell. The long flat. <laughs> I thought, wow, when I saw her. It's so great to finally meet you. You I looked know. great on Long but you look incredible in person. You really do. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say that. I clicked on you. Why did you respond? Like, how do we end up here? I look at, like, all of these celebrity women that are going out with younger men, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I should try it. Uh, you seem to be intelligent, mm. although I'm not going to say that I necessarily decided to come out with you because part. of your mind. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> it's fun to be able to feel like this again, you know, just uh, all excited and uh, figuring and no. thinking, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next, no. but it will be brand new, whatever it is. She made so you've done a lot sexy. of traveling. <laughs> I've been around. Um, would you go old with like, someone like me? Because I'm old enough to be your mother, definitely. Maybe yeah, old enough to be your grandmother, uh, depending. Well, you're clear enough to take home, though. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's dance. You want to dance? Yes, yeah, you're so oh. awkward. Come this one. Thank Let's you. dance. this one. The date with Karen was incredible. She was 100% my type. No. Oh I had a wonderful time with Kyle, and I've had such an amazing time. I just don't want it to end. <laughs> so what, what was that, Pastor? All the way there. That was. Is this what Sonny reminds you of when he's going out with an older woman? No. <laughs> you know how happy I was that you said that he was younger than her? I was so excited. I was like, it'll play perfectly he's, into He's this. younger than her, but she doesn't even look that she's the age that she is. Uh -huh. And I've been out with him, and I mean, she looks great, and she's yeah. great, and you know. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's just like a horror story, that clip. <laughs> that's just like I'm, a horror I'm story. Not Have you ever dated an older woman? Up. No. My girlfriend's three years older than me. I mean, nothing like Right. that but i just it, thought it's, it's like grandmom age there so i've been like, every clip i used to play a lot of clips where they were like dating you know like romantic dates and stuff and they just went wrong but since tremaine's been hosting i've been trying to try to get him to react to crazy things and he's just what's your favorite one that i've played so far my me favorite none of them my favorite <laughs> uh the one that disturbed me the most gotta be this this one because that monstralistic thing it stuck in my head. That's so nasty. <laughs> that was so nasty. Wait, did I tell you the story? But I don't think I've ever told you the story. So almost the same exact, exact thing happened to me. Vice versa, though. I was at a bar. Wait, you talking about the old person? Yeah. I didn't make out with her or anything. Okay. So I was at the bar. Tom and Jerry's is like this redneck bar right next to my house. <laughs> and it's really loud in there. And I was just, this is like probably a few weeks after my, like, my wife, my ex left. And I was just like really just trying to drink and just be alone. I didn't want to hear or talk to anybody. And this older woman was there. And she kept talking to me. But I wasn't trying to talk to her. I was like, I was just like looking this way, listening to the band. And then there was two older women and a guy. And they were much old, around, not that age, probably around 60 years old. And I'm 29. So twice my age. She kept talking to me. She kept touching me, like, on the back and stuff. And I knew it was, like, you know, she was trying to, like, pick me up and stuff. <laughs> and she's like, hey, I'm ordering food. Are you hungry? I was like, no, I'm good. And then, like, 10 minutes later, she gets mozzarella sticks come out, which I just thought of this. I don't know why, but it randomly came up in my mind when you said mozzarella sticks. Did you watch her eat it? 
so she was eating mozzarella sticks and she's like you want one i was like no i'm good i was just trying to like disengage and not talk to talk about the situation that was happening but there was no other sheets at the bar so i couldn't just move and she picked up a mozzarella stick dipped it in marinara and i'm just i'm looking this way and the marin the mozzarella (laughs) sticks just comes out in my my peripheral when like right here mozzarella stick marinara i was like um she's like just take a bite i felt so awkward I was like, if she's going to get her shut up. So I took a bite. She goes, she goes, ooh. And then she put the rest of it in her mouth. She took a bite. (laughs) After that, I got really weirded out. I was like, I'm just going to (laughs) leave. But the mozzarella stick, it must be a a sexual thing. I don't know. But randomly, mozzarella stick, peripherals. I I just took a bite. And I realized I messed up really bad because she probably thinks I'm I'm into whatever she's selling. His mozzarella sticks is up. Old school thing or is that a new school thing? That's a new school thing. Okay. okay. I mean, they were both with older women, so. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing. That's just, no. So you, do, you don't accept that? No. You don't think that's okay that the young man is Let me in say relations this. You with? know, people can choose to do what they want to do. That's never been something I would do. Um, Mozzarella sticks? Like, could you be around, <laughs> like, saying if you, can you be around chilling with them? No. Like double date. And see, let me say this. It it depends. If we're talking older and if you're 35 and she may be 45. No. Okay. Or if you're 29 and she's 64. Yeah, there we go. No. Because to me, that looks like a straight usury type of a situation. But maybe it's not. You, it may not be. Yeah, but you see However, it is not. I don't want to be out chilling and I'm with my boy. And I got to worry about what time she's due back at the senior citizen. <laughs> You know, what time is checking at the nursing home for her? I feel you. I, just, I feel you. I feel certain you. you know, certain times my mindset is if it doesn't look right, it's not right. But a lot, for a long time, they thought black and white didn't look right. True. Until you have to see more often for you to accept it. So if you see that more often, you might think that's right. Depends on where you're at. You may see it. Agreed. I'm not going where it's at. <laughs> I will not go where they're serving mozzarella sticks at. <laughs> no mozzarella months. sticks around here. <laughs> no mozzarella sticks but over I, here. I do love that Tremaine brought up the whole uh, black and white thing. We can get into You want to get into the game? The game's going to be, is it racist? Oh, yes. So let's get into oh, it. Oh, yes. So this game's going to, I'm going to show, we're going to show a clip. And then we're going to decide as a group if it's racist or not. So the name of the game is, is it racist? And I love that Trump's the first one. Oh, you got that right. When Hillary Clinton says this is a racist attack and you reject that, if you are saying he can't do his job because of his race, is that not the definition of racism? No, I don't think so at all. No? No. no. He's proud of his heritage. I, I respect him for but that. you're saying he can't do his job because of it. Uh, look, he's proud of his heritage, okay? I'm building a wall. Now, I think I'm going to do very well he's with Hispanics. He's a legal citizen. You know why I'm going to do well with Hispanics? Because I'm going to bring back jobs, and they're going to get jobs right now. They're going to get jobs. I think I'm going to do very well with Hispanics, but we're building a wall. He's a Mexican. We're building a wall between here and Mexico. The answer is he is giving us very unfair rulings, rulings that people can't even believe. This case should have ended years ago on summary judgment. The best lawyers, I have spoken to so many lawyers, they said, this is not a case. This is a case that should have ended. This judge is giving us unfair rulings. Now I say why. Well, I want to, I'm building a wall, okay? 
and it's a wall between Mexico, not another country. But he's, not, my, he's not from Mexico. In my opinion, he's from Indiana. He is he's Mexican, Mexican heritage, and he's very proud <laughs> oh, of it. Oh, no! <laughs> Get a pair of... Hey, sir. What do you think about that? That is the epitome of racism. That's the, that, exa- right. that is exactly what racism is, is saying somebody can't do something because of their race, even though they're from Indiana. That's like saying I can't work as a bartender because I'm Irish. He was trying I don't know why I'm drinking all the beer. He was trying to make it seem like he wasn't even American. Yeah. That's another thing. The guy was trying to explain to him over and over again that he's this guy's an American. American. And but he wasn't listening to that point. You know what I keep saying is he's Mexican. All because of what was already in his mind. Exactly. And sadly enough, a lot of what we deal with is based on perception. And then it gets into our mind. And then for whatever reason, you know, sometimes people such as Trump, you think about where did this stuff start at in you? Because mm-hmm. it had to start somewhere. Exactly. The problem is where and how. And then it gets in your mind. The Bible tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. All of these thoughts going on in your head, those type of thoughts end up turning into hatred, malice, evil thoughts, and that's what happens. And you become president somehow. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go with, that, let's go with the judgment okay. call. Oh, is that, it racist? Oh, that's racist. Yes. Oh, that's racist as hell. That's racist. Damn, All right. That was loud. That was, loud. <laughs> that was a lot of reverb on that <laughs> one. You got that right. I'm going to hear the quieter next time. Well, local business using jokes to attract customers has some people railing on social media. Many say that a recent joke posted to the coffee stand's reader board is racist and takes things too far. That sign posted outside Second Base Espresso in Hilliard Friday. Degrading to Mexicans, it is not on the board today. KXY4 Drew Reeves working for you fast. now. He spoke with neighbors to get their thoughts Tremaine. about all this. And Drew, the Go back to that real fast. I want to read that out loud. Posted outside. Right. So why can't you play Uno with Mexicans? Because they take all the green cards. I ain't going to lie. I'm going to be dead ass with y'all. I giggled. I... Listen, it's racist already for me seeing this, but I giggled because that was funny as hell. I, I would never have thought to say something like that. So I'm giving it a checkpoint just for how funny it was just now. Just for a giggle, though. Just all for right, a giggle. All right, let's go. With, that's all we need from the video because that's really all that. Yeah, that's all. So what do you think? It's racist. Definitely racist. Oh, 1,000. 1,000. Yeah. You know, when you first see it, it, it makes you laugh like, wow. But then you're like, that is just wrong. And the crazy part is because I see this in a lot of different like on different cities and neighborhoods or whatever, that, again, we don't live in that area. So we don't know if they even put that as a racial slur. We can think they, they can actually put that just playing around, like having fun with somebody else. Like they, everybody's cool with it in that town or area or whatever, but it's just one person. Who's to say Mexicans doesn't own that spot? I was Agreed. just going to say, Agreed. what if a Mexican owned that spot? It. That's what would I'm it saying. Be, would it still be racist if a Mexican owned that spot? In that sense... It's not because of who done it, exactly. but it still is based on what we're reading. So, because see again, why can't you th- play Uno with Mexicans? Because they take all the green cards. If a Mexican wrote that, <laughs> it wouldn't be racist. Not to them, it's not. But again, sadly enough, we don't know the before or after. We just see this. Mm-hmm. Who did it? Who put it there? Who owns that property? If a Mexican put it there, that's not racist for them. To them. For us reading that, we, we it's slander it. against Mexicans. Yes, for it, us. For mm-hmm. us to read it. Yes. For them to put it there, if they're Mexican or if they own that place, they're not looking at that as racist. That's an inside joke for them. Exactly. All right, so final call, is it racist? Hell yeah. I'm calling it's it racist. It's still racist based on no, us reading it. Just reading it. Yeah, just us reading it. 
Again, sadly enough, we don't know all the details around it. Exactly. But just looking at it, it's racist. Exactly. All right, judgment call. It's racist. <laughs> Uh-oh. Steve Harvey. Finally, here's one. How to date a white woman, a practical guide for Asian men. That's one page, too. Excuse me. Do you like Asian men? No. Thank you. How to date a black woman, a practical guide to Asian men. Same thing, it's the same thing. You like Asian men? I don't even like Chinese food, boy. It don't stay with you no time. I don't eat what I can't pronounce. Okay. Is it racist? I would say no. Why would you say no? I would say no based on him using this just in his comedy routine. But that sign was also part of comedy. But again, we don't know the before or after. The sign wasn't necessarily comedy. Well, in, in the before or after of the sign, the argument, the way it would have been not racist would have been if it was Mexicans that wrote it. No, it would still be racist, just not to them. Not to them, it's not racist. Okay. It's racist to us. It is. Yeah. So why is this not racist? That's, his, that's a routine. That's a comedy routine. Yeah, um, one thing that I do believe is a lot of comedies try to tell you this to comics. They want to get professionals. Kevin Hart, all of them saying that. It's comedy. Y'all, y'all got to have a sense of humor. It's not, and the, he's it's not a meant comedian. to be offensive. Yeah, he's actually a comedian. So What they're doing, they're trying to make people laugh. They're not trying to offend anybody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So I, I wouldn't place that in there. Was that a racial joke, would you say? Yeah. Not racist, it was a racial, but racial. It was a racial joke. Yes. Yeah, hell yes. Hell yes. But he but didn't all, say. And, and the thing is, it's interesting is, it was a racial, racial joke applicable to several races. Like to black people when he trying to permit how black girls talk and everything like that. He being racist on that end. He being racist on how he said for the answer for white people, how he even mimicking their voice being racist. So he was the doing Asians. Yeah, and then the Asians saying and all that shit. So he was being racist for all three different right things at once. Yeah, but it was as comedy. That's why everybody right. now was So it, was it's laughing. racial it's a racial co- joke. Yes. But it's not a racist joke. Yes. Right. Yes. Except that not racist. Gotcha. Now that being a racial joke, what's the funniest racial joke you've ever heard? Damn, I, 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 damn, I can't even remember them, man. Because some don't be having you on the floor crying. What about you, Pastor? Why can't I think? Of I can't even tell you. Well, I definitely can't say anything. That's the only way you're not allowed to say anything. So I didn't say that. Last time I've even sat and listened to a comedian outside of television, which I hardly watch him. Probably t- last year on the cruise ship in October. And I don't even know in if there was any racial jokes. I can't I always listen I listen to comedy all the time and like these new people got a lot of racial jokes, but they're hilarious. Like the one I'm mad because I don't know the one Hispanic boy's name, but he goes in. But again, I can't remember what they said. 
<laughs> but they said so much shit that they start laughing with everything. So but I remember Kevin Hart said something in the show, but again, I forgot. Same thing with Cat Williams. Cat Williams, what did he say? Again, I forgot. <laughs> That's what what, I'm saying. Who did he say it about? I don't know. I can't remember though. I just remember watching all Cat Williams on on Netflix, all Kevin Hart's, all Dave Chappelle's. Especially Dave, Dave Chappelle. Oh, damn, Skip. Dave, Dave Chappelle, that's he's my favorite comedian most, of all yes, time. He's the best. I don't think there's time. anyone that's ever been better than that. I don't think he's nobody skilled. Mindset Him, skilled. Have you ever listened to Bill Burr? He's really funny. He's, Bill Burr is ginger. He's hilarious. I, thought, I heard the name before, but I can't tell you. If I... He's really funny. Uh, He's like, remember Louis C.K.? Louis C.K.? The redhead with the goatee who, like, Called girls and like jerked off in front of them. You don't remember that whole thing? Nah. He was in Pets with uh, Kevin Hart. In what? Kevin Hart? Right? Kevin uh, Pets. You know that cartoon movie? Damn. I, I, These I are all like really famous people. So I'm yes, not, I know. I'm, I'm, saying, I know. Like, I'm mad that I don't. I'm not saying Joe Blow names. Yeah, I'm I feel like, you. Yeah. I'm not good with names or nothing like that. So, so Pastor, what is? So you don't see love coming back to you anytime in the future? Meaning you're not looking for love. You believe anything can happen? I believe anything can happen, but I believe you have control over what you allow happen. Agreed, agreed. So it's always a percentage that even though you have control, you still can do the opposite. As far as I'm concerned, there's probably a less than 2% chance. That's okay, but there's still a chance. My question is to you. This is my question is to you. Could there be a chance? I don't care if it's a point. Is there still a chance that you could possibly be married? Nope. Okay. You do not want to be married. Nope. Even if you found that love that you declared that. Not going to find it. Ah. Ah. You just, now you're going the opposite and, of what and, I just said. And, and Anything certain, can happen. Anything can happen, but you have to know you. And this is where realistic thinking comes into play. At a certain time and at a certain age, you become settled in your life and your ways. I am 52 years old. I am not. Now, this is just me. Uh, definitely. Do you lie by your age? Do I do what? Do you lie by your age? Mm. Do all females think you lie by your age? I don't know what you, they think. I haven't lied to. So well, nobody ever say, told you look young. Let me say it like this. They don't, they don't believe me. They don't think I'm just arbitrarily lying. Yeah, exactly. They don't believe me at first, no. Yeah. Nobody believes I'm 52. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. No, nobody believes I'm 52. But at this stage and age... I'm not going to change my routine and what works for me to accommodate somebody else. Neither am I going to share my closet space. That's the whole problem all by itself. I have like four closets in my house, and they're all full of my stuff. Yes. And I have, I don't even wear white shirts ever, but I have like half a section of just white shirts that I'll never wear. Shit, I don't do laundry, so I don't want to bleach them. What do you mean you don't do laundry? Nah, my mom do that. How old are you? Why do I worry about how old I am? Because man. that matters when you say something like that. I pay her. It doesn't matter. The whole you mean don't matter. No, fine. I'm okay with you paying her. You know, I pay to have my laundry done. There we go. That's all I mean. I'm not, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to You be. don't know how to do your own laundry? Do you know how to no, do I your can. own laundry? I know I how can. to do yeah. it. Okay. I just I'm don't. I'm busy. Yeah, I know, how to, I know how to sew. I can sit down and make a suit if I want to because my mom taught me and my sister because my mom used to sew. My mom has three sewing machines sitting up in her. I used to sew in high school. So they used to, they made sure we knew how to do these things. I could cook a whole meal. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You're going to have to fix me one. I need, I need, a, I need a plate. I need something. Now, how you, much you do you pay your mom? You all that unhealthy food, so, you know. He eats, lean and 
He eats fast food nonstop. It's ridiculous. And he look how skinny he is. But but look at his age. Look at his metabolism. I'm the same age. <laughs> this man has been the luckiest man that has ever existed. Like he was over at my house earlier. He brought Wendy's, and then he's like, "I'm going to leave here to get Sonic." But then, but then he turns around and goes and works it off for three hours. That's or what I was saying. Like in the my, gym. Yeah, my body always always working out. Somewhere. His metabolism is like that. Man, I got that old Irish man metabolism. Mine does not. I'm trying to face. gain weight. I'm trying my best to gain oh weight. Oh my god! Where it's so much harder. Like I gotta eat double. What you see? It's ridiculous. I've never seen somebody eat so much fast food and not die. <laughs> do, do you know how to cook? Yeah. Okay. I love cooking. That's one of my favorite. I things just want to grab my own place before I can actually be comfortable and cook because I live with like four other people and Understood. so cluttered. And when you're cooking, I hate. I don't care what anybody say. My mom taught me this because she hated it. She whooped my ass for it, and some reason is embezzled in me. I hate when I'm cooking and somebody's in the damn kitchen. No reason for you to be in the damn kitchen if I'm cooking. You thirsty? You need something to drink? Y'all in the kitchen. I will bring it out to you. That is my domain. I do not want nobody going in because a lot of people love putting shit on the counter, not putting shit back, and grabbing the shit that I put on the counter, putting it back because they're using it, and now it messing up my routine or my rhythm or what I put in. So and you're out. saying you're not gonna get married? No. I, the the big thing with that is is that I always wanted to. That was a dream. The way you described it is the way I think of marriage. Like the way my first relationship was. That, yeah, when you said that, oh, I'm like I'm married. Like that's I. That's the feeling you look for. Yes, very bad. I look for it too, but I'm not running for it. If that makes sense. Like if it comes, it's gonna come. But cause I you think, already know when I proposed to the other one, everything went downhill yeah. beyond belief. So it's, it's gonna be even harder. Did for she me say to, yes? Yeah. Why do we? Why have we not heard your proposal story? Let's go. Let's go. Give it a brief. Give the brief that's, story. That's that's gonna take him back down memory lane. And he's gonna fall apart. Now, you know. Just just a brief I'm just one. Gonna give you a quick, quick. We'll get into it another time. We have some more proposal right. stories. It, on, but you can go brief one. It's real basically, fast. that we was together for seven years at this time, and then um, it was on Christmas, and all of her family came over, and all my family and friends and everybody. And remember, her family's racist. So everybody bought me, me and Junior gifts only. So now she's livid. I'm bombing daddy's racist, but they bought me something. Mm-hmm. So she's heated. And then now I'm downstairs, got to set up with a broken ankle. I told her, get the hell upstairs and get me my PlayStation. She said, what the fuck are you talking to? And then her mom, mom, she said, no, get up there and get his PlayStation. And she was like, oh my God, like why are they asking? And went upstairs. When she came back down, I got up, but I act like I fell. Remember, broken ankle. Mm-hmm. So I act like I fell and everything like that. And then that's when I came up with the ring. And then she cried beyond belief, tackled me, almost broke my ankle again. And then months later, she cheated on me. We have such a similar story. Why have we not talked about this before? <laughs> because I don't like... I, I, I understand. I witness it. Yeah. I saw it. Oh, oh yeah, we did talk about this a little bit, but we didn't get into. So it's not it's not the same like a lot of people that can talk about it. Mm -hmm. I saw it. We did talk about this a little bit. So it did something different to my head, not to the point of making me want to go vicious, and because y'all would still be in jail right now, but to the point of get that PTSD from that shit. You like the moment didn't kill me. The after the aftermath killed me. Like the moment when it was happening and everything, I didn't care. In a way, if that makes sense, like it wasn't in my head to the point like I'm gonna kill you type of. No, it was just leave type of deal and then days on that's when to start you want to disassociate from that person because you can't believe that that person would do something like that to you After all so that. you just want space from that person because 
you love them still so much, but you're so mad that they could do something like that. That I understand the whole just get out, and the way I, the way I am able to conceptualize what happened to me is, I've told you this before. I see her as a person who has died. So she's dead. That person who was mm-hmm. is no longer is. It's not a person who who is still here on Earth, but her ghost is still walking around. If I were to see her, I don't know what would happen because all of that would come back and I would just be a mess. Agreed. But it's just that ghost is still out there. And that's what's so painful. It's like, say you knew somebody like that you loved your whole life, your father, mm-hmm. and he died. But somehow you know he can still – he's still walking around. What that would do to you mentally every day, that's what I think a lot of – what happens to a lot of people with relationships is – Somebody's done them so wrong that it's just hard to categorize or conceptualize how you can even deal with that. So the way I dealt with it, she's dead. That's a different person. So I don't say her name anymore. She doesn't have a name. She's just whore. That's what her name is. She lost all rights to her name because that's not who the person who I knew what that name was wouldn't do what she did to me or do what she did to you. It's just you can't give her a name anymore because that's not the person you know. Exactly. So, so what happened is what you're saying is this: you gave her that title in your mind, but you never dealt with the pain and the hurt. I fully agree. After the I fact. fully agree. So, therefore, what you did was you poured concrete on top of broken brick, and at any moment, if the wrong thing hits the brick on the bottom. What's on top is going to shatter and fall. Sometimes we as men, I'm going to say this, sometimes we as men, we camouflage our pain and our hurt, and we tuck it away as we are dealing with it so we don't have to deal with the pain, we don't have to deal with the hurt, we don't fall apart and cry and get it out of our system mm-hmm. so that we can move on without baggage. Well, see, what I did was, besides drinking, Besides drinking. <laughs> so what I did was one day, the last day I saw her, this ghost, she came to my house to sign the papers over. <laughs> when this ghost came over to my house, when she left, I told myself, I was like, you are going to sit down and fucking cry right now. I watched the movie, The Marriage Story on Netflix. You had with, to watch a movie to cry? I can't just, like, I can cry, but it was, like, I was like, it was like something that came out right at the time when she left. Okay. And I can't remember who's in the movie. I think it's Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Is it similar to your relationship? No, but the You just lady, wanted to put something on that you knew would cause you to become Something emotional. that I was avoiding the whole time. I was avoiding these bricks, that, the way oh, you okay, said it. I was you. avoiding these br- broken bricks. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just need to get rid of these bricks so bad. So I was like, all right, well, let's go dig up these bricks. Let's move the concrete. Let's dig these bricks up. And let's shatter them so they no longer exist. Mm-hmm. I dug them up, and I cried for 12 hours maybe. I just cried and cried. I didn't eat. I didn't drink. I just mm-hmm. I just let – I dealt with the pain just mm-hmm. head on. I just dealt with it. And then since then, I've been able to find new bricks. Those new bricks are my new – found new bricks. Yes. But did you really fix the foundation? And I'm going to tell you this. Don't respond yet. I'm going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. You haven't. And you know how I know you haven't? Because you still refer to her as something else. It's still a problem for you to say her name. You sound like my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. If you you were just walking through Walmart right now and she walked past you, 
how would you feel? Well, Corona's helped me a lot in this regard. I'm going to kind of be, be a politician about this and not answer the question. <laughs> so I have a lot of social anxiety because I don't want to see her. I can't go play. Like, I couldn't go to the mall right now. But sometimes so you, you, so you know what that means? I'm sorry, Trey. You know what that means? You haven't gotten over her. You haven't I gotten have. over that. You've gotten over her. You haven't gotten over the pain. Okay, that's fair because I've gotten over her. You've gotten over her. The you pain, over but the, the pain. pain's always going to be there. Nobody gets. No, through. you get better because I got better. Well, I got better too. I'm just no. saying the pain is still there. It's not going like, to. Not yet. Like, no overnight shit. I'm talking about it took me about five years before I got even feeling better. Yeah. That, that inch better. I started feeling like. Man, like, she's, again, like he said, I can now say her name. Mm-hmm. It's to the point, like, she don't mean nothing to me. I hate that bitch with all my heart. But number one, it's different with me because I have a child with her, so I have to respect her right. to a certain extent. Right. So even to that point, I still have to be respectful, you feel me, to just show my son what a man is supposed to be respectful and stuff like that. But for somebody that's single, and then I don't, I can't truly think of my mindset of what it would be like that. But And, I, and I can truly say, as far as he's concerned, I watched him go through the pain of dealing with that. You know what I'm saying? I've had to talk to him to help him through that. Because reality is, not only do you hinder you, you hinder somebody else that comes in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this men, we 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 come with these mindsets that we're not supposed to cry. Mm-hmm. We come with these mindsets that we got these Superman capes that we wear, and we very rarely run into kryptonite kryptonotic situations Mm -hmm. but we do how do you handle it because sometimes we have all done that pour water over this we pour semen over the cracks and try to move on but then something comes along that pushes you off and then you got to deal with that and this Mm -hmm. we suppress stuff we push it down we walk over it we act like it's not there we name it ghosts so we don't think she's still alive and that is in our head Mm -hmm. but yet the reality of what's in your heart is what's doing damage to your life. Mm. I'm not going to say her name. That's I love Ashley now, and I I understand that that. <laughs> I'm not saying take it in. I'm saying I'm not. I'm saying just take it in. I'm saying just take yeah, it just in. Take it in. I understand. Just take it in. Yeah, you just know take the real, it you, I, I have a saying. I have a saying, and my grandmother said this years ago: "Time heals, and time reveals." Mm-hmm. And that's it. These things do not happen overnight. You can be years before you actually experience a real healing of your heart mm-hmm. from that situation. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is you can be with somebody while you're still dealing with your heart's mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But deal with it with your partner, if that makes sense. Let them know that you they're the one, but you still have hurt because obviously she know you still got hurt in you. If you said that he's saying sound just like her, then basically he's saying the same exact thing she's saying to you. So well, this goes back to what I said earlier about the baggage where mm-hmm. you need somebody else to help you carry that. She had a, she had a previous relationship that really, you know, messed her up too. Mm-hmm. She's cried about it before with me. I haven't done that to her. I, it's not saying that she's doing anything more right. like to hurt me, but we both are helping each other through this past, these bricks. Mm-hmm. We're both carrying these bricks in our bags. They're going to get lighter. They're going to continue to get lighter. But I think right. with time, we're eventually going to lose those bags. They'll you get, don't want to lose the bags. You want to lose get, what's in the bags. They'll get, yes. Yes. The bags will get smaller and smaller until a brick can't fit in there. Right. Yes. And me and Ashley have a great foundation. Like I said, we've been together every day basically since we've known each other. Almost every day. And she was nervous about what was going to happen when 
I had to go back to work, which I recently did. And when we went out together, which we recently did, I said, when we go out, we're still going to have that strong foundation because we've been together so much. Even though we haven't seen each other with a different setting, we already know each other so well that we have that strong foundation. Which is great. But what happens if you and Ashley are out dining and it's a great time and the ghost appears? That's why you should stay communicating. What's going to happen? How are you going to feel? Cause she will, the cause, fifth. Because she will sense it. Regardless of if you can't answer now, she will be She knows be able what to, she looks like. She, no, I'm not, that's fun. not the case. Even if she don't know what she looks like, she's going to know what she looks like by your face. Because guess what? It's one thing... It's one thing for me to not like someone. It's another for me to no longer love someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I despise you know, everything about the person. You despise her. Mm-hmm. That's what your mouth says. Mm-hmm. What does your heart say? I despise that person. Okay, Watch this. There's not that much. I can't think of the word to say that in the past tense as far as despise. But whatever it I is. I hate who she is. <laughs> <laughs> She's the devil. But if she, if you're over that, and you don't care, then you would have no problem mentioning her name. You would have no problem talking about, you know what, this is what happened. I'm over that, da, 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 da. But there's still that. I'm going to tell you it like it is. I'm going to tell you like this. this. This is the closest thing I can say to it. It's like a splinter. You've gotten a splinter in your finger before. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that splinter, though it's very small, you can still tell it's there. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, depending on how you move your finger or touch your finger, you'll feel the pain of that splinter until you dig it out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be very small. And, you know, Back then we used to take a pen. We used to light the end of it to sterilize it and just sit there. Sometimes it would take you an hour to get that little piece of mm-hmm. splinter wood out. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting there constantly working at it. Sometimes you'll ignore it, but you still know it's there. Okay, so. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. But I want to – I said this on another <laughs> podcast where <laughs> – if somebody, if Joe Blow did this to me on the street, if Tremaine did this to me, damn, he gonna put me in it. <sighs> we're we're best friends. I'm like, I fucking love you, bro. Not in a right, homosexual way, just heterosexual way. We're best friends. We're like, let's get a house. We'll adopt some kids together. You're gonna pay seven thousand dollars for a ring. You're gonna buy me a house, a car, so on and so forth. And then he just leaves after I fix up the house, and sells the ring. Trades in the car after you know we went through like. Deaths in my family. We've been through so much together. We just had a housewarming party a week ago. And then you just leave. It's not that I still love him. I despise who he is because of what he left me with and all of that. It's not the love. It's I hate this person. You don't despise who he I is. Think you you left despise the, what he did. Yeah, you were left with the question mark. Yeah. You, you despise what he did. And you don't hate him. You're angry because of what he did. Mm-hmm. And this is what I say to that situation. What you're doing is you're not really over her and you're allowing her to live in you rent free. Mm-hmm. No, I'm definitely over. Not, I'm not I, saying I'm not saying the feelings and all that stuff of being with her. No, she's not in my mind, but in this show, I have to talk about it because it, she's somewhere in your heart. The only reason I'm saying this is because I can, can sense this. I can sense this. She's not in my heart. I can sense it. My heart but is again, Ashley. But again, no, okay, we're not no, saying that. No, you're not, no. not understanding what he's meaning because by that. Because I, I don't think you understand that. Ashley's going to listen to this and go, they think you're still in love. No, with no she's no, going to. She's going to truly understand what because we're saying. She knows uh, where you are, and we're Ashley not saying, is 
That's it. That's all I have. Let, room let for. me just put this disclaimer out there for Ashley so she don't beat you on your head when you sleep. Because she's gonna watch this. I'm gonna say, hold I'm on, not, wait till no. you hear him say I'm not saying we're trying to get you back with her. Yeah. Not at all. With the ghost. I'm not saying that you love her to the point of thinking going back to her. No. No, never. But there comes a time when we have not closed out the chapter. Yes. That chapter is still active in us. I use mine to close mine as my songs, my music. Some of my songs is the, literally the last chapter of even having the problem with that person. I let my expression in the song and then I let it go. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, and, I feel and, better. Right. That was and, my ending story. And two hints you call her the ghost, so you've renamed her to act like she doesn't exist anymore. And the other thing is, you would probably crumble. I'm sorry. You, you would probably crumble and fall under the table if she walked up in Applebee's and you all were sitting there eating. Yeah. You you'll break out sweating. You wouldn't know what to do. Exactly. I would leave the situation because I wanted. Remember how you guys said you were going to catch a case earlier because a girl slapped you? Yeah. Right. Well, this girl did a lot worse than slap me, so no, I'm going to catch a case. Yeah, but, but, so I'm either right, going right. to remove myself from the situation, or I'm going to get really angry. But really he's saying fast. that from that situ- from that from you feeling that way, something still wasn't handled. That's what his point is. Well, no, I never got an answer from her. That's the problem. But it's not like I'm in love with her. Agreed. No, Nobody says that. You, love with what's her, bothering you no is that you don't. Yes, you don't know. No, I'll never get closure. That's what you need. I understand. For so you get to that. feel the way that we're saying that you're going to feel better, it's just that you just need the closure. You just need to know why. Why? She'll she never give me an answer. You don't know that. I would never speak to her again. You, first off, that's why you're going to have to be. She, she tried to give me. Re- she just gave me random reasons that didn't make any sense. She's like, "This is the reason." That's but guess what? But she just kept changing her reason. She I never had what? a real reason. What what may happen is, let's say some man comes in her life, she wants to get married, she sat down and told him everything, and he says, I think you all need to talk so you can make sure that's over and done as far as your end is concerned. And she calls and says, I just want to talk to you. No, I would never. To- I would never accept a phone call from her. Why? Nothing. We, we, we're not saying to talk to her. You don't even have to talk to her. Just but pick just up. To get, watch this. Just hear. She need, there's sometimes. I am not talking. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy where I am. I don't need to dig up any skeletons. No, you're not digging them up. But sometimes you may not want it, but she'll need closure. It's her fucking problem. She's from the well, left. Guess what? Her, this, this is just like those situations where I'm sorry. somebody had, let's say, mental health, alcoholism, substance abuse. Mm-hmm. You have to admit and confront your situation. And then there are times when you go through the season where you have to go back and apologize, let's say, to your parents because you stole from their house while you were dealing with your addiction. Mm-hmm. It's not that they hate you or they put you out like that, but they had to do what they had to do because of what you were doing. Mm-hmm. So then now they have to be available for you to come back and say, Mom, Dad, I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. hurt you. I stole your money. I stole your wedding ring for my crack addiction. Mm-hmm. You can't sit there and say, oh, I'm not accepting that. That's part of their process for closure to move ahead in healing. Mm-hmm. Her process may be, I need to let him know, honestly, why I did that and apologize, and then I can move on. And then from you having your lady, she will make sure that you're okay, and she will be there to support you. And she would understand you. that. She's a supporting girl. She would understand One of the most that. important ones I saw in my lifetime, so you're she good is, with that. Actually, and there's no inclination that you so want. That's what I'm saying, so, so you're set. Right. That's what I'm saying, so when you're going through this, and what we're trying to say is that we don't, we're not saying to go and look for the conversation. No. We're not saying that you mm-hmm. that you just need closure, and she will be the one. Right. Ash will be there to help you grab that closure because she do want you to fuck get it too. If she agreed with him in that very first statement, she wants you to get closure. But too. in your mind, you're already saying, "No, I won't accept the call from her." Yes, you no, got to never. Get, you got to get that out your head. Not saying today. Just think about what we're saying. So you watch can, this again. Just remember these words: time heals and time reveals. That's it. When it happens, you let him know to call me. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never going to happen. <laughs> but, Pastor, would you like to promote anything while you're here before we close this out? Listen. <laughs> I want to promote Ashley because I love listen, Ashley. We Listen, we are all for Ashley. We yes. are team, team Ashley. Ashley. We are team yes. Ashley. And, and you know Ashley. what? Ashley. <laughs> I haven't even met her, but just from you talking about her, she's been a very integral part of you getting through a bad season, mm-hmm. which means she's a trooper and she cares about you for real, mm-hmm. which is great. You have a person that is on your team, mm-hmm. which is great. Hold on to her. She's also going to be a person that's going to help you get through the next little phase or the next little hurdle or the next mm-hmm. little bridge, which is great. You already got a ride or die. Exactly. And that's great. So all I say, listen, I have a great time here with you guys. Um, and if there's anyone out there who you may know of someone that has um, issues as far as mental health, substance abuse, and they're unemployed, if they have background issues and they're unemployed, listen, reach out to me. Reach out to Tremaine. Send an email in. And, uh, um, God, what is my email for work? I don't know anymore. I got to think my phone. I, I, we, put it, we put it on well, there. We're yeah, put it on guess what? If you have individuals that are looking for employment in Delaware County, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Background issues, substance abuse, mental health abuse. We have an excellent program that can help these individuals, male and female, with getting employment. And I will have his information on the web, on, on this video. Underneath the YouTube video, you're going to find the link to reach out to the pastor. Tremaine, do you have anything you would like to promote? Um, um, I got a song coming out. I'm sorry. Um, it's coming out within two weeks. I'm just taking my time because I want to make sure y'all love the song. Um, and I got one more song called Lovers. But, again, I'm taking my time. But I promise you, these are going to be something you're going to die to listen to. So make sure y'all take a listen. Um, make sure you put in, though, because um, everybody keeps getting confused as well. That I did my music name, music name was Beto's. It was my music name, but I'm back to Baby Jesus. So, Baby Jesus? Yes. All right, so, Machiavelli, Tupac. <laughs> so from the songs that you, the new recent songs, you will see Baby Jesus on YouTube or um, SoundCloud or anywhere on all platforms. But, again, you will see Beto's as well. So you can take both of them out and listen. How do we come, and this may not be for right now, but how do we come up with Baby Jesus? Um, Since I was like 14 years old, that was my music name. When I started first playing music, that was, I started making some, um, God music first, but that's pure gospel, and then I okay, love okay. pop, and then I switched it to the pop. My mind just went back to that conversation before. Yeah. I'm just from, okay, yeah. Okay, only thing I have to promote is this podcast. <laughs> if you want to come on, just go to loveandthenwhat.com. Love and then what? And you can find all of our YouTube videos on there, YouTube our YouTube videos. <laughs> you can find our email address. Email. come on the show if you want to ask us some questions, if you want to tell us a story. Uh-huh, some stories. Or you just want to hear about what love meant to you in your life. Hot as hell. No matter how it comes in. Play that outro. Y'all not hot? Yeah, play that outro, bro. Oh, Tremaine always does. Hot flashes. He's old, man. And he's wearing sweatpants all the time. Are you still wearing sweatpants? You ain't got no sweatpants. That's all he is. I don't think y'all need to. He probably got y'all a mind y'all business. He probably got two pairs from when he was interviewing. <laughs>